yeah, I, I like to call it like the rifle approach versus the shotgun approach. When you're masterminding with other business owners outside of your industry or outside of your business, that's the shotgun approach. You'll you'll get great information, but some of it's not all of it's not applicable. You do the rifle approach, you're talking to other franchisees with the same franchise, you're getting exactly what you need to hear because they're doing the same thing you are. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is Matt Friendaway. That's how he said to pronounce his name. And he's joining us remotely from Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, Park City, Utah, I think is what he said. Park City, Utah. He is going to be uh, discussing with us about franchises, understanding how to identify a good franchise, the components that make up a good franchise. And even more so, the way that I like to look at it is those components that you would want in your business, regardless of if it's a franchise or not. But before we jump into the conversation, I do want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. You can do that by visiting our website at lockdoc.net slash podcast. All of the podcast platforms are there that we are on, as well as a link to our YouTube and Facebook pages. We have a video version of this as well that we would invite you to go check out. You can subscribe and follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook and get the latest episodes when they come out. You can get the alerts and notifications to let you know we have a brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time, and we invite you to subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single one of them. So now without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Matt about franchises. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here today. We're we're excited to chat and uh, welcome all the way from Utah. Thanks, Chad. I'm excited to be here. Do you guys drink coffee in Utah? Is that a thing? Um, yes, we're getting more diversified in Utah here. the uh, The Mormon religion is um, getting watered down by non Mormons, and so lots of coffee is being sold. <laughs> uh, I. I I it took it, that's a whole nother story. I probably won't get into it. We we've had a we have a, had a couple of podcast guests on, and I offer them coffee, and they're like no. And I at a point figured out that um, that they they shared that they were Mormons, and I, they were like, yeah, we don't drink coffee. And I'm like, I had no idea. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, anyways, welcome to the podcast. Um, lots of stuff to talk about today. Going to be uh, really lo- talking about franchising. Understanding a good franchise may, maybe first as a bad franchise, and even more so talking through uh, your business as a whole right now, how you can look at is franchise a good opportunity for me or some things that I may need to clean up to get to that. Uh, but before we do, uh, we have a little tradition on our uh, podcast called Rapid Fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values, and we'll give you a score at the end. Are you ready? Bring it on. All right, question number one. What question, this is actually fun, and I, anyways, what question do you have that nobody has been able to give you a good answer to? A question that you have that nobody's been able to give you a good answer to. Um, probably the most biggest question everybody thinks about is, do people actually exist after death? Okay. This is a regular question that you ask people. Um, no, this is a oh, question just, that I, I have yet to find the answer to. Oh, gotcha. But you're asking a question I ask people that they haven't given me a good answer for. Sure, that sounds good. Um, you know what? A simple question is, 
how's it going or how's your day? Most of the time, people probably are not going to be telling you exactly how their uh, day is going. Not very transparent. <laughs> yeah. My my current favorite question that I ask folks whenever the, the, the opportunity presents itself is around what defines a hike? So if, if any, if I'm ever having a conversation with somebody and they say that they enjoy outdoors and they enjoy hiking, then I ask them, what is a definition of a hike? How do you define, how do you know that you're actually on a hike? For me, my definition of a hike is being off asphalt onto a trail or onto real dirt and walking. So if you were walking beside of a road, just in the grass, it would be a hike? Gosh. You put it that way, I'd say yes. Yes? Okay. It's got to have the dirt included. It doesn't count unless it's dirt under as, your feet. As long as there's dirt. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you that you're the closest one that has, uh, has been confident about it. I asked a gentleman this question, and he gave me a very defined answer similar to that. It has to have uh, some terrain. It's got to be uphill. It's got to have you know elevation, all this stuff. And then... Later on through the conversation, he paused and he came back and he said, you know what? He, he's, he does this. He participates in this this thing called Go Ruck where it's like backpack adventures or whatever. And he said, yeah. the hardest hike that I've ever been on was completely on asphalt because it was a 15-mile <laughs> like hike through the roads. And he was like, so I have no idea now. I'm totally confused. <laughs> Nobody can give me a good answer to it. All right, question number two. Sorry, that wasn't very rapid, but we'll get into it. What now? Question number two: What do you consider the most difficult food to eat? Fish. Fish. I don't like fish, and so yeah, I I tried to like fish, tried you know, but I just don't like it, and so if I have to eat it, it's really hard for me to get down. Hmm. Very interesting. Question number three: What do you like to do that's con- traditionally considered masculine? Uh, working out. All physical, right. Physical hmm. fitness. Yeah, I guess that's kind of lost his, some of his masculinity, though, now. I mean, it's just kind of across the board. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yep. Question number four, who in your family can't you believe that you're related to? Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> I love asking these questions on the podcast because, like, also, <laughs> who's going to listen to this? <laughs> exactly. Um. Gosh, that, that, this is not a rapid fire question for me because I've never thought about this before. I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off uh, and just the front of my mind. And my great, great, great grandpa was a polygamist. And I just can't believe that um, huh. I'm not one, obviously, not Mormon, but he was. And yeah. I'd say I can't believe I'm related to him. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I like it. All right. Last question. Number five. Have you ever done something embarrassing around a colleague? Oh, yeah. Lots of times. Um, one time I went to shake a guy that was missing his right hand, shake his hand with my right hand, and he didn't have a hand to shake me with. And that was super embarrassing. I did have paid attention. Yeah. Ah, gotta hate that. All right. Well, congratulations. You made it through rapid fire. It was kind of extended, but we'll, uh, we'll give you a score of 713. So congratulations. Thank you. Hopefully that's a high score. <laughs> I I love when people ask those questions because it's there. What is the scale? You know, who, who knows? <laughs> uh, let's talk about franchising. So uh, I want to get kind of an understanding because we've I've had some conversations around franchising and even on the podcast we've had some previous episodes around franchising. How to identify a good franchise and all that. Um, and so we I want to identify some of those things uh, as we go through the conversation. Some of the interesting components 
that I've really found when it comes to franchising and some of the notes that I'm going to be looking to take today is around, uh, again, what makes a good franchise and what are some things that I need to be focusing on in my business that would help set the tone towards that. I feel like, and, and maybe this is just kind of setting the tone for for the direction of the conversation, I feel like regardless regardless if I ever decide to franchise a business, having the structure in place that would make a business worthy of franchise is not a bad thing, right? So if I can if I can move in that direction, the business probably operates a lot better. So that's I guess high level statement. Now the question is so then what makes a franchise a good franchise or what is the components that would make a business franchise worthy? So let's okay. start there. All right, good. That's a good question, Chad. So it's kind of a two-part answer for me. Um, the first thing, obviously, is hitting off of what you just said about having the processes in place. A good franchise is going to have um, operations, uh, their operations systems and processes in place, solid, proven, um, their marketing systems in place so that the franchisee doesn't have to think about how to market. They just follow the playbook. Um, human resources systems in place. They need to be able to help the franchisees know what kind of person to hire so there's no uh, mishires. Um, so, you know, all those, the, all those systems roll up into one is the franchise system. So the, I think those three things would make a really good franchise. The last thing on that part of the question is, um, of course, the executive staff. Are they friendly to the franchisee? Are they looking out for the franchisee's best interest? Are they easy to get along with, with the franchisee? That would also make a good franchise. That would make a business franchisable. Now, to make a business, a franchisable business, successful and grow rapidly and continue to be successful, there's three components. One, as far as the executive staff, you want to have somebody that's experienced in that particular industry. Um, hmm. You want to have a person that is experienced with franchising. And then the company needs to have financial backing to be able to grow. Because in franchising, much like other businesses, you got to front the capital before the growth catches up, or else you're behind a bomb and it's going to implode. Gotcha. So in a in a traditional uh, organic built business, you can you can just kind of work through cash flow and just kind of grow organically. But with a franchise, you've got to start with something. But because you're buying into a proven system, it's it's more reasonable to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you. That's that's a great great way to look at it. So you know, with a lot of independent businesses, they can what you call bootstrap it. Mm-hmm. You know, pay as you go. Um, you don't have to whole lot have a lot of capital to to get it going. And then as you make more money, you can sink it back into the business and grow. It's kind of a slow way to grow, but it's also a pretty safe way to grow. With franchising, you do it the other way. You take a a lump sum and you put it into the business. You pay the franchise fee, and then you buy all the equipment and um, hire the people, do the marketing rent a retail space, if that's what kind of franchise you're doing, you're, you're fronting the money before the profits go up. Yeah. So it's, a, it's opposite. It's interesting, Matt. I, I talk to a lot of business owners through this podcast, but also in other platforms. Uh, you know, I've got weekly business calls that I, that I share things with, with folks and we share ideas back and forth. And um, I'm involved in a couple of peer groups. And one of the things that I've, I've always found interesting is yeah, there's there's this whole concept around idea sharing. So, hey, what do you do? You know, you you sit in a group with five, 10, 15 other business leaders and you say, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to, 
uh, improve my sales process. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? What do you, and you do this round table. Everybody's asking all these questions and everybody's sharing their perspectives. And so everybody's writing down these notes and then you take all that stuff back and, and over time, years and years and years, you build this concept and you apply it to your business and you go, okay, now I've, I've kind of worked through this. And on, on occasion, you'll sit at a table with somebody that will say, hey, what do you do about A, B, or C? What do, what do you do about hiring? And somebody will share an idea and they'll say, hey, do you have a document on that? Can you just send it to me? And, and it's this concept of just give me your playbook, right? Just give me, give me all of the tools that you're working with. And I think that's one of the interesting things from a franchise perspective where it seems very appealing is the an, a well-run franchise or a well-built franchise, I guess, is literally handing you that playbook and saying, if you do this, 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 and this, then you will have a successful business. If you fail on these aspects, then it's going to be a struggle, right? So like that to me is one of the big components is how well laid out is their, their playbook, is their, check, is their checklist, is their operating manual, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's exactly why a person would buy a franchise is to save themselves the time and headache of, um, of, for example, doing the experience therapy meetings that you just mentioned, you know, mastermind on what works for other people and then trying to figure it out yourself. That's already done when you buy a franchise. Mm. I like to compare um, the two. Let's talk about an independent business outside of franchising. When you start a business like that, compared to building a, a building, you got to dig the foundation first, lay the footings, pour the concrete, you know, make the blueprints, all that stuff before you can go vertical. And that takes a long time, sometimes years, uh, to get to where you go vertical and then once you have that figured out then go vertical that's what an in a, starting an independent business is like with a franchise a good franchise has already built the foundation got the blueprints poured the footings all that stuff and so when you come into the system you immediately go vertical so you're faster success to success with a franchise with a good franchise system you can be faster to um, profit because the foundation is already built for you so you can be faster to profits because the system's already built. You're obviously paying into the system, which is, makes so much sense. Let me let me go about it this way. What who who is a who is a person that would not be a good candidate to buy into a franchise? I'm trying to think how to ask that question maybe differently, but who who do who are you trying to avoid? Because you're a franchise matchmaker, so to speak. So when you start start talking to somebody and they're like, Yeah, yeah, I want to buy into a franchise, what are the things that you're looking for sniffing out going, Yeah, this this guy, this gal is not going to succeed in the franchise world? Yeah, I'd say there's two things. Um, first thing is fear and anxiety. If the person can't handle their fear and anxiety um, of owning a business or putting them up enough money to start a business, they're not going to be a successful franchisee because they're going to be scared all the time. They're going to be operating from a basis of fear, um, and that's not fun to be in. They probably may, they probably will fail. So that's the red flag I see. Another red flag I see, and as far as franchising goes, it can work for them in an independent business pretty well, but it's for people that can't follow systems or doesn't don't want to follow playbooks and systems. They want they actually like to invent their own playbooks and mm -hmm. systems. So if they get involved with the franchise, they're going to try to do it their own way. And they're probably not going to be too successful because the franchise has already proven on how to do it the right way. This person just wants to be more creative and take more risk. And that's okay too. But that would be a flag that they're not going to be a good franchisee. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. The, the ones that say, hey, I like to make up my own rules. I like to make up my own systems. This is a great starting point, but I think I can modify it. Um, is probably one that's going to be a struggle, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. They're going to butt heads with the franchise or quite a bit. Um, and it's probably not going to be a pleasant experience for either one of them. How, how, how do you identify those types of things early on? <laughs> now that's a great question. So, um, so when I take people through my process, I'm helping them find the right franchise to buy. If they're not following this, I, you know, it's, they have to spend time doing this. I can't do this for them. I can coach them basically and take them through the process, but there are things that they have to do. And if they're not doing those things, then they're not going to be a good candidate for a franchise because they have to follow the steps of the franchise, even on a hundred times scale than what I give them. So basically you have a process for them to follow, to become a candidate for a franchisee. So if, if they can't follow the process, then that's a pretty good flag. Exactly. Yep. I like that. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find a system that best fits the pool and HOA needs camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. So going back to uh, going back to the start of the conversation, you said a couple of things that make a, a make a, a business franchise worthy. They have an operating system, an operation system. So the what to do. They have a marketing system, how to sell. They have a human resource systems, who to hire, and then they have a really good executive staff. Uh, do they actually care about the franchisee? So like taking it from that high level, operating systems or operation systems what type of things are you looking for that will determine a good operation system versus a bad operation system? Um, well, let's see here. A bad operation system would be like having the playbook and you have a table of contents for each chapter in the playbook. And then you go to the chapter to find out the specifics on how to execute on that chapter. And there's like one paragraph, two or three sentences long. And you're left to figure out, well, that didn't help me. I mean, I'm great. I know the chapter heading, but what do I do to make this happen? How do I execute on this? So it's not very built out. The content um, is not very built out. It's not step-by-step process. It's just an over, broad overview. That would probably not be a great franchise to follow because then you're going to figure out yourself. And then, then why buy a franchise? A good franchise is going to have all that stuff laid out for you. They're going to have it in word form. Um, usually it's going to be like... Um, their operations systems will be on a, like a document where you can easily search for it, like a meta search or whatever. Um, and they'll have training videos that you can actually watch a video, watch somebody go through that specific chapter or step. Um, and then they'll have somebody that you can call and ask, am I doing this right? Or help me do this right. Gotcha. So it was a, a, a level of support. Yeah. So on the, on the, on the playbook document, this is this is something I'm I'm probably overly intrigued with, just because I feel like every business really struggles with this. Is you know just documented processes. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, with EOS and and different um, operating systems like that for businesses. 
an, an understanding like the level of documentation for process to where um, to where anybody can pick it up and run with it. Uh, I think that, and this is kind of where I was where I was going at earlier is it, even if you were in the mindset of I don't really want to franchise my business, but here are some really best practices, some things to get in, in play. The the documented processes. Do you find it easier for people to follow if it's as you kind of labeled out a table of contents, where it's just a kind of a big wiki or a resource center, for lack of a better word, or are you are you seeing that it's more functional for a step one, step two, step three, kind of like a, uh, you know, I think through like a electronics uh, owner's manual, you might have the back that is effectively a big table of contents, a glossary, but the front is the quick start. You unbox, take this cable, do this, do this, do this. How do you, how are you seeing those, those kind of operation man, manuals coming to life these days? So, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so with a good franchise, they can, they split it up usually into pre-opening and post-opening. They have two different playbooks. I mean, they have playbooks even down to marketing stuff, but just two general playbooks, pre-opening and post-opening. On the pre-opening playbook, it's step-by-step. Like, don't go to step two until you've done step number one. You got to follow this process exactly, Mm -hmm. and then you can open doors for your business successfully. Once your business is open, there's going to be some extent of steps. Like, But really, it's kind of you're doing everything at the same time. You're juggling balls at the same time. Mm Um, and so it, it helps to, to have a table of contents that, you know, tells you everything you need to be doing. But if you have a searchable, you just go up, like you do a Google search, go into their, op, their electronic operating system and type in a word like hiring. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the chapter on hiring pops up. And so you don't have to search the whole table of contents to get there. But it's really important to have that step-by-step process nailed down for pre-opening. Yeah, I, I... I, I'm, I'm, I, this is one of the things that I struggle with or I'm struggling with to conceptualize because I... I the uh, I think the the searchable component is always great. The question is, do you know what you're supposed to be searching for when you're looking at an operations manual? Do you like when do I know that I'm supposed to be hiring? You know, so so is it is there is there a concept? And I know I'm probably digging way too in the, in the deeds on, into the weeds on an operating manual, but is it you've got your pre-opening, which is I, I get the concept of that. You know, you've got to find a place. You've got to have this amount of space. You've got to you know do this construction build. Here's the layout of the facility. All this type of stuff. The the post-opening to me is: Do you have the ability to go in and say, um, you know, quarter one, you should be doing these two things, these things. Quarter one of the first year, quarter two, quarter three, whatever, and really looking at it as a: What should I be doing right now? from from that perspective or is it always just you've got to kind of be searching for what you're supposed to be doing next no a, a good franchise is going to be telling you you know what where you should be at each at each phase um of the game so you know you have the the first year phase for lack of a better term you got they should be telling you what you should be doing in that first year what you should be focusing on um and then they'll have like a second year phase this is what you should be focusing on on year two and then and then they'll have like a maturity phase. This is what you should be doing after you've been in business for two or three years and your business is fully mature. Mm-hmm. Now you're just making sure things are running smoothly and they'll have that phase. But they should have a playbook for each phase that you can follow. Do do most franchises have like, again, and maybe this is a bad example, but just kind of like an annual conference where the franchisees 
come in, come together. And so they're even paired up into that. Hey, here's all of our years one and two. Here's all of our years five plus or whatever. And so they're, they're really getting deeper into the, the, the growth progression um, and as kind of a rally for that specific business. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, a good franchise is going to have an annual conference that all the franchises come from and an effective way to handle that. Some meetings in that conference is to pair people up or have people split off into groups like first year franchisees and second year franchisees, and they can all pair best practices with each other. And it's all specific to where they're at, but to take it on a bigger level, a lot of franchises will even have like Facebook groups um, for first year franchisees and second year franchisees. So that this masterminding can be done with um, people outside of that conference, you know, year round. Um, but yes, that a lot of that goes on with a, a great franchise. Like for example, the franchise, um, I'm a franchisee as well. And the franchise that I'm a part of, we have a mastermind group is called um, out of state franchisees. And this is for business owners that live in a different state than where their franchise is located. Sure. Kind of a different set of problems than person that lives next door to their franchise location. So yeah, you can split it out like that too. And it's pretty effective. I I think there's, that's some really major value add. And I've seen that in a couple of different areas, especially if you're, if you have a, a franchise, obviously you're doing the same thing. Now you might have some regional differences or whatever, but even, even though it is the same exact process, so say for instance, I, I don't know, what's one of the franchises that you, that you help people connect up with, but the industry. Um, in the industry, um, it's just, there's a lot of them, but I would say one of the most popular ones would be like um, all dry restoration. Okay. It's a restoration company. Restoration company. So they have a, a, a defined process. They do these certain things, but then there's there's variations or oddities for customer request or oddities for em, employee issues or whatever. And those are the ones that you, you need quick answers on. So it may be a first year problem or a fifth, a fifth year problem, but you're connected up with people that are in the same industry and, and really understand the system that you're in or understand the business that you're in versus just um, in business in general, right? So you get yeah. a lot more value out of that because there's some oddities in uh, navigating specific issues, but still in the same business. Right. Yeah. I, I like to call it like the rifle approach versus the shotgun approach. When you're masterminding with other business owners outside of your industry or outside of your business, that's the shotgun approach. You'll you'll get great information, but some of it's not all of it's not applicable. You do the rifle approach, you're talking to other franchisees with the same franchise, you're getting exactly what you need to hear because they're doing the same thing you are. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. So we're, we're back into this. So we've got the operation system and then you've got a marketing system, the, the how to sell. So you're talking about um, understanding the, a sales process, a sales cycle, understanding how to acquire customers, how to uh, charge customers, those types of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of marketing is done on digitally these days. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have the yellow pages anymore. We have Google <laughs> or, or Yahoo or, or a search engine, you know. 
So a lot of marketing is done online now because that's the, the, the current version of the yellow pages, for example. So a good franchise at the very least is going to tell their franchises exactly how to put ads up on Google AdWords or on Facebook or whatever, what, what demographics to look for. They're going to tell them exactly how to do all that stuff. But even a, a really good franchise is actually going to do that for the franchisee. And the franchisee may pay, you know, um, administration fee for that. But these guys are experts in that industry and they do it for a bunch of franchises of the same franchise nationwide. And so they're a lot more effective. And that's, a, that's what a really good franchise does as far as marketing systems go for their franchisees. So having a shared focus on marketing. So do you, you see that as a major value add if, if you have a lot of people in the same business, even though they're geographically different, the same, a, a similar approach from a marketing standpoint can get a lot of, a lot of value? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so another thing about the, the marketing systems is not just about where to market you, once the sales cycle starts, um, a good franchise is going to be helping people. Okay. No, step one, this is what you do with the lead. Step two, this is what you do with the lead. They should be walking you through the whole process, the sales cycle. And on top of that, they should be having scripts to texting scripts or email scripts or phone scripts that, um, that you can use too. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel on that. Gotcha. All, all levels of communication. And then getting into human resources. I think this is always the fun one, right? So understanding how to hire, the process to find good candidates, all those types of things. Yeah. So I think um, somebody told me, I was talking to earlier today, and I actually haven't heard this exact quote, but they said one of the biggest um, failures in business is having a mishire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've experienced that myself. It's not fun hiring the wrong person. Um so the franchise, um, they know they should be helping their franchisees, not, number one, know where to look for their candidates at to hire. Um, and then they should also be helping their franchisees identify that candidate. The franchise won't be doing that for the franchisee, but they should be helping the franchisee understand, you know, these are the characteristics and traits that you need to have for this role in this position. Very cool. And then when you get into the executive staff and you say an executive staff that cares about the franchisee, give me some, some practical examples on that, that like how that, how that wouldn't, would matter across the board. Cause if I've got a system, I've got a process and all these things are here, then really what does the executive team caring about me matter? Cause it's really up to me at that point. Yeah. Well, I think um, one one of the best ways a franchise can show their franchisees they care is the uh, response time. You know, how long does it take them to respond um, to the franchisee if the franchisee has a problem or a question needs to be answered? Um, you know, if they take days, it's not too effective. If they get back to them within an hour or so, that's pretty pretty awesome. I mean, that shows that they care. And they also have the bandwidth, the executive staff or the back office staff to, to, to do that. Another thing is flexibility. You know, when a person buys a franchise, they sign a, an agreement that um, let's do like a, a retail type um, franchise, for example. Let's say like, we'll just use McDonald's for lack of a better sure. um, example. Let's say the McDonald's agreement, when the franchisee signs, McDonald's says, franchisee, you need to open up your location within one year of signing this agreement. Mm-hmm. All right. But things happen, you know, you got COVID coming up. Sometimes um, it's hard to find real estate. You have construction uh, delays and stuff like that. And so when a year's up, if the franchisee is really trying to open up their McDonald's within a year, but they're falling behind mm-hmm. due to no fault of their own, McDonald's steps in and says, okay, we'll amend your argument and say you have six more months. We want to work with you on this. 
a bad franchise, one that's not fun to work with is going to say, well, too bad you didn't live up to your agreement. So um, we're going to find you. Gotcha. So some, so some flexibility for real world situations, not so, um, not so structured that there's, you know, it is what it is and you just have to, you guys have to deal with the lumps. Yeah. They have to have a heart. Yeah. What I like to call it. So, and, and that's part of what you do is you help understand, like you've, you've got connections, you understand the, the kind of history with franchise ors and the, the way that they're basically the, the reputation, I guess, that they have with their franchisees. So you can help to identify these are going to be more flexible in, in these types of environments and understanding how to, how to pair people up. Yeah. Yep. I usually, um, and that's, that's a great way to look at it. And, um, Good question. So I like to um, separate the franchises into two broad categories. You have an emerging franchise and an established franchise. Mm. An emerging franchise is technically a franchise that has 50 locations open or less. Mm. So um, I really think that if they have 25 locations open, they're probably got their systems down you know, to a science. But let's call it 50 because that's the actual definition. A franchise like that may not have their operating systems all in place. So the franchisee may be kind of a guinea pig mm-hmm. um, and figuring it out. But on the plus side of that, if the franchisee likes to have input on operations and processes, this is a good chance for them to do that because it's an emerging franchise. Sure, um, They're going to be more flexible getting down to that. An established franchise has 50 or more locations open and they're not going to be as flexible with a franchisee as an emerging franchise for two reasons. One, they already have the systems proven sure. and you know they don't want to reinvent the wheel. And two, they have a lot of franchisees they have to work with, so they may not have the bandwidth to give the attention that a franchisee may want. No, that makes sense. So it's it's really a huge matchmaking thing and uh, just understanding what the ultimate person's end goal is and then also what is available out there. Um, and so that's that's a very cool uh, process. <laughs> I'm, I like the idea, and I just kind of to, to, to tie this thing up a little bit, I like the idea of having really um, refined processes. I think it makes any business run better. I think it's a better situation for the, the team, for the employees, for everybody, for the customers you know, as a whole, having a really refined process. I, I do think admittedly, and I would imagine most people would go down this path, is it is the hardest thing to do while you're actively operating a business is, is to do that. So, um, but it's, it is, if you can focus on that, one, you're, you're setting yourself up for a better business, but two, uh, you're setting yourself up for the future of whatever you're trying to accomplish if, if, you, want to, if you want to go into franchising. But on top of that, if you're looking for a business, having an understanding of, of this uh, of these things is going to be huge, but even more so connecting with somebody like yourself that can say, Hey, let me help guide you down this path and get, get you connected. Uh, because at the end of the day, right. If you're just an individual trying to go, um, go uh, buy a franchise, you, you don't know what to ask. All right. You don't know what you don't know at that point. Right. Yeah. That's, that, that's right. So, Matt, if somebody wanted to connect up with you and try to u- utilize your services or get you to help them understand, hey, maybe I don't even know, should I, maybe, how do I self-assess to see if it's even something that I want to go down? Maybe I maybe I can quickly understand, yeah, franchise is not the best thing for me. I think I need to stay as an independent business. Uh, what would be the best way to, to figure that out? Um, so, the best way is to email me. If you want my individual attention, which I'm happy to do, is just to email me. And my web, or my email address is Matt with two T's at learn to franchise.com. Um, 
two is a number two. So learn the number two franchise.com. Um, and then if you email me, just um, put something, um, let me know something specific about you. And then I'll, I'll give you a call and we'll connect and, and we can talk and see if franchising might be an option for you. Very cool. Well, Matt, thank you very much for joining us today. It was It was a blast to chat with you. Information there, understanding a good operating system, understanding a marketing system, human resources, and how does the executive staff play in to the entire component? Some real good takeaways there. Applicable at whatever business that you're at. If you're looking to franchise, if you're looking to buy a franchise, or you're looking to improve your business, that's the biggest thing is building that operations manual. It is the most complicated thing, I believe, in business to do, especially while you're running it, but the most valuable. So stay true to that. If you're starting on it, we've been working on it inside of our business for a long time, trying to find a place to correlate it, find a place to have it accessible and continue to document those processes um, and uh, challenge and encourage you to continue down that path. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. A new episode's coming out every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And you can check out all of the old podcasts on things just like this, business ideas, practices, and strategies. And we've got a couple of other episodes relating to franchise opportunities as well. I know we've, we've interviewed uh, uh, Landon Eccles from Clean Juice talking about franchises. And we've uh, talked to a couple of other folks as well about how to identify a good franchise. It's all in the podcast there. So go check that out. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast. <laughs>